Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in. Uh, this month called Stockholm, and we've been talking about why are we so in love with our captor. Amen. And his cause. Amen. And uh, the whole point of the series is not to question why you're so in love with the devil, because most of us ain't in love with the devil. Amen. But why are we so in love with this ideology that we are to keep the law to make us holy. Amen? And so we've been, we've been hitting hard on that. And this week, I just feel like I want to encourage us in, in faith. Amen? I feel like this message, listen, I, I posted yesterday, and I don't normally post this kind of stuff like, hey, I just got done with my message notes, and it's going to be fire. Like, I don't do that because, you know, I don't. I don't want to put that pressure on myself, but I when I was I was typing my message notes yesterday, I about threw my computer across the screen, across the room, because I was like, man, that that's preaching to me. Come on, somebody. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive into it today, amen. And I just want to encourage you. I want you to walk out of here full of faith, ready to storm hell with a water pistol. Come on, somebody, because I believe God is up to something in this place. Let's turn to Acts chapter 27, verses 21 to 26. And we're going to read it from the message version, because I really like what it says. Are y'all ready? It says, without appetite for both food and life gone. Or as the scripture says, long gone. You ever reached a point in your life in desperation where you just, you ain't got no appetite for food or life? Come on, somebody. No, no, nobody. You never hit desperation when you're like, you know what? I'm just tired. I don't want to deal with none of y'all. I don't want to have nobody. Don't call me. Don't check on me. You get what I'm saying? I ain't coming to work. I ain't going to church. I ain't doing none of that. Come on. Paul said, with our appetite for both food and life long gone, Paul took his place in our midst and said, friends. Somebody say friends. You really should have listened, back, listened to me back in Crete. We could have avoided all this trouble and trial, but there's no need to dwell on that now. From now on, somebody say from now on, things are looking up. Oh my word. I'm telling y'all, we're about to have some church up here today. I can assure you that there will not be a single drowning among us. Although I can't say much for this ship, the ship itself is doomed. Last night, God's angel stood by my side, an angel of the Lord, of this God I serve, saying to me, don't give up, Paul. You're going to stand before Caesar yet. And everyone selling with you is also going to make it. Somebody say, everyone selling with you is also going to make it. So dear friends, take heart. I believe God will do exactly what he told me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. I believe God will do exactly what he told me. But he said this, but we're going to shipwreck. Did you read that part? I read that part. 
but we're going to shipwreck on some island or other. Amen? Acts chapter 27, verses 42 through 44. We're going to skip down. We're going to read from the New Living Translation. It says this. Listen, 42. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard and first make for land. The others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship. So everyone escaped safely to shore. Amen? I'm going to task on mission today to preach a message that I have titled, On Broken Pieces. Somebody say, On Broken Pieces. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to say in Jesus' name. Amen. We pair into this scripture in Acts, and Paul is finally on his way to Rome. He's been wanting to go to Rome for a long time. You read in Romans 1.11, he's been wanting to go there for a very, very long time. But on his way to Rome, he stops in Jerusalem on a short uh, visit to check with the apostles. And it ended up turning into a two-year house arrest. Amen. Amen. On the way to Rome and ends up in Jerusalem on house arrest for two years. The Roman governors wouldn't release him. Uh, he was being fi- falsely accused by the Sanhedrin. The Roman governors wouldn't release him and they wouldn't release him because that would infuriate the Jewish leaders. But they wouldn't hand him over to the council because of his Roman citizenship. Citizenship. Paul, on his way to Rome, ends up arrested for two years. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I could preach that up and down, but I just want to pause for the call for a moment and ask anybody, have you ever been derailed on your way to promise? You ever been derailed by pain on your way to promise? You ever been derailed by disappointment on your way to promise? You ever been derailed by failed relationships on your way to promise? You ever been derailed by broken promises on your way to promise? Come on, somebody. You ever been derailed by loss and by sickness and by financial struggles on your way to promise? Paul is a perfect example who is on his way to Rome and he gets derailed. On his, on his journey to promise. Paul feels his need to go preach to the Gentiles. Come on, somebody. But on his way to bring this message and this promise that God has uh, uh, assured to his people, he's derailed by religion. It captures him in house arrest two years. Somebody say two years. I don't know about y'all, but I'd be like, Jesus, <laughs> uh, the Romans going to have to do without me. Amen. Because <laughs> two years? Two years? Unfortunately, ultimately, even though Paul is derailed and under house arrest for two years, Paul 
did appeal his case to Caesar. The text of the chapter alternates between, listen to this, to this chapter alternates between Luke's detailed description of the sea voyage and Paul encouraging the people on board to make choices that won't kill them all. Amen? I'm going to give you some, some quick understanding here. So in verses 1 through 8, the, uh, rec- it's recording the calm part of the ship, like the, the, the non-crazy, non-crazy stuff happening, right? Everybody chilling. They're having a good old time. But it's wintertime. Somebody says it's wintertime. So this is the, the, the relaxed part of the trip. And Luke... And, and Paul and others have, have rejoined, and Paul, along with other prisoners, they're under this watchful eye of Julius, who's a centurion, all right? And Luke starts to record this voyage. They sailed north from Caesarea to Sidon, and when they get there, Paul, uh, Julius lets Paul visit some friends, and then they go around to Cyprus, and they, they go all these different places. And then Julius finds a grain ship that's selling for Rome. So all, on board, they all start to sail west and then south, and then they come to the southern coast of Crete until they reach this port called Fair Heavens. We skip over to like verses 9 through 12. Paul starts to warn Julius. He's like, hey man, we should not do this. (laughs) He starts to tell him, hey, it's it's about to get cold. It's it's winter time. So we should stop for winter. Amen. Paul is warning Julius. Why? Because Paul has been shipwrecked multiple times before. Come on, somebody. And when you go through something like a shipwreck, you can see the signs of another shipwreck on the way. Amen. When you done gone through enough in your life, you can look at somebody and say, hey, hey, hey. You might, uh, you might want to watch that one right there. Amen. Come on, somebody. When you done dated enough jokers, you can spot a joker all the way down the road. Amen. Come on, somebody. So he starts to warn him. Paul is an experienced sea traveler. He's already been shipwrecked three times and left adrift at sea. He knows if they launch into this journey, it won't go well for them. But where they are is not safe for the ship to stay in winter. I don't, I don't know if anybody's ever been in this place where the journey you take is dangerous, but the place you're in is not safe either. So you have to figure out the balance of where do I trust God? Do I trust him on the journey or do I trust him when I'm not feeling safe? Man, I don't know about y'all, but, but sometimes it's not a clear, clear uh, pathway forward when it comes to faith. Right. 
y'all real quiet in the house of the Lord today. I don't know about y'all, but I don't, I don't wake up every morning and God just says, hey, this is the way to go. Sometimes I pray and I don't hear a thing. Amen. Sometimes I pray and I don't slay. Come on, somebody. Sometimes I pray and he ain't made a way. But what do you do when you're in a hard place? Because you got to know, am I going to trust him on a journey? Or am I going to stay here in this place of insecurity? So, they're in a place that's not safe for the ship to stay. And the ship's captain and Pilate, they convinced Julius to go on a little bit to Phoenix, which has two large places for them to shelter. Amen. Move on in this passage, and Luke begins to record the beginning of bad weather. Not only do they, when they get to Phoenix, do the winds prevent them from landing, but they end up pushing it out into open water. Oh, my God. And so, as this is going down this bad weather, the, the, the sailors on the boat begin to act like they finna jump ship. Somebody say jump ship. And everybody's freaking out. Everybody's going crazy because, oh my word, we are about to lose this boat. It's over with. Our lives are going to end. Right? So they tried to support the ship. They tried to steady the ship. Come on, somebody. I don't know. Listen, I was reading this thing. This thing was good to me because I was like, you know how much I try to steady my life and steady things and try to put my, come on, somebody, try to make it feel like I need, okay, if I got a little balance, I'm going to be all right. God, I know I'm going through the storm, but I'm going to do everything I can. Come on. They start throwing food overboard. They start doing all kinds of stuff. Trying to steady the ship. But the winds were too strong and it starts to drive the ship southwest. And it starts to drive them towards these dangerous, dangerous what are called sandbars that was just north of Libya. So in an attempt to save themselves, they throw much of their cargo off to the side. They tossed equipment into the water. They were trying their best to slow stuff down. Amen? And we pull down into the next few scriptures and Paul basically says to Julius, I told you so. First of all, Paul, let me tell you something, all right? We all just about died. We don't need to hear, I told you so. Come on, somebody. You ever had somebody in your life when you, when you done gone through something and, and you get to the end of it, they're like, mm-hmm, see, you should have listened to me. Don't you just want to throat chop them? If you wouldn't have did that, you would have been all right. If you wouldn't have bought that, you wouldn't have bought the house, you would still be, mm Paul gives him a gentle, I told you so. Somebody say, I told you so. 
But he reassures them, and this brings me to my first point. He reassures them, he says, I told you so, but don't dwell on it. Somebody say, don't dwell on it. Yes, they should have listened. Come on, somebody. Yes, they should have listened. But Paul says, don't dwell on it. I don't know how many of you now looking back realize that maybe, just maybe, I should have listened. Maybe, just maybe, my mama wasn't wrong. Maybe, just maybe, that pastor that got on my nerves wasn't wrong. Maybe, just maybe, my friend, who ain't my friend no more. Amen. Maybe they weren't wrong. Maybe I should have just listened. How many of us now can look back and point to a moment where we should have listened? You saw the red flags, but you ignored them. Come on, somebody. But Paul says, don't dwell on it. Oh, man, oh, man. The word dwell means to live or stay as a permanent resident. Mm. To live or continue in a given condition or state to dwell. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, don't dwell on it. And as I was writing this, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Fred, I want you to encourage the people that I said to them, don't dwell on it. Somebody say, don't dwell on it. Somebody say, don't dwell on it. You're going to have to help me preach this right now. I need somebody in here to recognize that you don't need to make a permanent residence in defeat. You don't need to make a permanent residence in disappointment. You don't need to make a permanent residence in failure. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, get up. You don't need to make a permanent residence in your mistakes. Somebody say, get up. You don't need to make a permanent residence in bad decisions. Get up. Don't dwell on it. Paul says, I told you so. You should have listened. But fellas, let's not dwell on that. Why is it that Paul says this? Why is it so important? Because they're still in the storm. And if you dwell on the storm while you're in the storm, guess what the storm's going to do? Overtake you. Amen. There's no freedom dwelling on the past mistake. Amen. You know, I was, uh, I, me and Aaron used to kind of have this talk because when we first got married, I, went, I, went, I was not ready to be married. We'll just say it like that. Amen. Look at her. She's better shaking her head. Come on, somebody. And she gave me grace and mercy. The Lord saw fit. <laughs> But there was a time in our marriage, like, we would get into arguments and, like, that would, my stuff would come, and I was, I, I can't keep reliving the past. Amen. And with her, same thing, like, I would bring up old stuff, we, and, and we've had these conversations. We can't relive the past. I can never get past my mistakes as long as you hold me to them. 
y'all ain't going to preach up in here because some of y'all, listen, some of us been been held to our last mess up, held to our last ball drop, held to our last failure, held to our last bad decision. But I came here to let you know, don't you let nobody hold you to your last mess up. You are free from that. I may not be all that I want to be, but I'm definitely not my mess up. Come on, somebody. And if you hold me to this, you can't expect me to be free. Now, I want to talk to some of us who keep holding people to their decisions. You got to let people be free. Well, why we keep going through this? Because you keep holding people to their last mess up. Come on, somebody. We got to stop doing that. Somebody say, don't dwell on it. Somebody say, don't dwell on it. I need you to encourage about three people next to you and say, don't dwell on it. Paul tells them, I told you so. But he reassures them. He says this, although the ship will be lost, the ship will be destroyed and the cargo will be lost. No one will die. We're going to lose the ship. We're going to lose the cargo. But we ain't going to lose our lives. Come on, somebody. I may lose the house. I may lose the car. But I still got my life. He bases this promise, this on a promise given by an angel. Somebody say, an angel. What I love about this scripture is, this is what I love about this passage. Paul delivers this word. I got this word from God. Amen? But you know what the scripture never does? It never invites us to when the angel showed up to Paul. I got to think about that thing. Because Paul... Is in the storm with them. They're all freaking out. Paul's talking to the Lord. Paul in a storm conversating with an angel. I, man, that thing hit me like a ton of bricks because I realized something that many of times when I go through a storm, I stop talking to God. And I started doing like every other cell on that boat was doing, trying to figure out how to steady my own life. Let me get rid of this. Let me throw this off. Let me throw this away. Let me, oh, if, it's that, if I didn't have this person in my life, I'd be fine. If you wasn't this for this, I'd be all right. Come on, I start going down the list and start checking. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to talk to the Lord because the only word they can figure this out is God himself. Not me. This storm that I'm going through is too big for me to handle. And Guess what Paul says to them? Guys, I was talking to an angel. And he told me this. We're going to lose the ship. But ain't nobody going to die. Somebody say, God is still speaking. God is still speaking. Whatever you're going through, God is still speaking. 
whatever you're facing right now, God is still speaking. They were afraid, but God was still speaking. They were scared, but God was still speaking. They ignored the word they had received, and it didn't stop God from speaking. Oh, my word. Some of us believe that the storm we're going through right now is because we sinned against God. And, and I ain't been delivered right now, and I'm still going through it because God, because I obviously messed up. The devil is a liar. Come on, I rebuke that religious spirit in the name of Jesus, and I cast it down. The devil is a liar. You are not defeated. You are victorious. And though you are still in a storm, God is still speaking. He has not turned his back on you. Somebody said, God is still speaking. And I got to thinking about this thing, and I thought to myself, I'm so glad that my brokenness doesn't make God quit talking. I'm so glad that my issues don't make God change his promise. Come on, somebody. I'm so glad that my brokenness doesn't change God's protection. I'm so glad that my brokenness doesn't change God's provision. I'm so glad that my disobedience doesn't distance me from God. I'm so glad that whatever I do doesn't change how God feels about me. We ain't used to that kind of preaching in church because we have been told that how our actions direct God's feeling, that would make God very immature. And he is not immature. Come on, somebody. God is big enough to love you when you're unlovable. Come on, somebody. He's big enough to love you when you're unlovable. He's big enough to care for you when you don't need to be cared for. He's big enough to care for you when you need to push him away. God, the Bible declares that you are loved unconditionally. And if I'm loved unconditionally and I believe that my actions create conditions which God won't love me, I don't believe the scripture. I'm so glad that my brokenness doesn't distance me from God. Actually, the Bible declares that he draws closer to me. He's near to the brokenhearted. My brokenness doesn't make him run from me. It makes him run to me. As I was praying as the Lord said, Fred, some of these, some of us are so broken. We think that I'm so, that God is so far away. And God says, no, 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 no. I, I want to embrace you. I want to bring you closer. preacher I like to watch every night and he just wrote a book called Damaged But Not Destroyed Mike Todd and I believe that's where some of us are we are damaged but we are not destroyed somebody say I'm damaged but I'm not destroyed my brokenness doesn't push me away from God it draws me closer God was still speaking even though they didn't listen. Guess what? 
The prison's on this boat. Now, most of us in America would say, let the prison ship sink. Oh, y'all don't want to. I don't want to. Okay, I'm going to preach you because they don't want to hear that truth right there. They just criminals, just let them go. And God says, no, 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 no. Not one life will be lost. The ship's going to go, but I'm going to save you. All your protection is going to fall apart, but I'm going to keep you. All your safety is going to fall apart, but I'm going to keep you. All your security fall apart, but I'm going to keep you. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but I trust the one. Come on, somebody. What do you do when your safety net falls apart and you find yourself swimming in what you should drown in? I'm just surviving. All this happens, they shipwreck, thing falls apart. But right, listen now, Paul just told them, nobody's going to die. Right before they shipwreck, some of the officers are like, yo, it's about to go down. Let's kill all the prisoners because we don't want them to escape. Amen. There's so many words that want to come out of my mouth right now. I'm just going to keep it. Thank you, Jesus. Let's kill all the prisoners because we don't want them to escape. Come on, somebody. Even though God said no life is going to be spared. Oh, we love Jesus. We're going to hear what he say. Let's kill all of them. <laughs> Sounds like some Christians I know. I'm going to start praise dancing, okay? I just calm down. <laughs> and on this ship, they wanted to kill all the prisoners. Come on, somebody. But Julius stands up and says, no, no. And the Bible says that he wanted to spare Paul. So he told them no, and then told Whoever can swim, go ahead and start swimming. And then the rest of them, the Bible declares, made it to the island, to shore. Listen to this, on broken pieces. And the Lord said to me, Fred, and this is when I about threw my computer across the room. He said, Fred, I want you to hear something. You're going to make it even if it's on broken pieces. I'm going to say it one more time. You're going to make it even if it's on broken pieces. Oh, man. 
don't be attached to brokenness. But let brokenness be a catalyst to your destiny. The beautiful thing about all the scripture, and I did, it really didn't dawn on me until I read the last part where they wanted to kill the prisoners, but Julius wanted to spare Paul. I realized something. Paul is still a prisoner. It's quiet in this Baptocostal church. <laughs> Paul is delivering a word. He is telling them what God says, and he is still a prisoner. This whole story is broken pieces for Paul. He is still a prisoner. Paul was a prisoner. And while he was still being held captive, God still paved the way for him to impact lives. I'm going to tell somebody, I need somebody to catch this revelation. Don't let your brokenness be the end all, be all, but let it be a catalyst for the destiny that God has purpose for your life. The captivity you feel right now may not feel good, but I declare this to somebody in the room that your captivity is still carving out your destiny. I dare you to shift your perspective on what you are going through. What if how you perceived, handled, and responded to your captivity not only stirred faith in you, but stirred faith in people around you? Julius, wanting to spare Paul, I wonder why. Because Julius was listening. Oh, you said your God said nobody's going nobody's to die? I'm going to hang on to that word. I don't know you, Paul. You're a prisoner. I actually shouldn't be listening to you. Because uh, by law, I'm in charge of you. But God doesn't make sense to man. Come on, somebody. And when he shows up, he says, I will take what's captive and make it speak to the captor. Oh, my word. <laughs> and faith was stirred in Julius. Paul could have been killed, but even in his captivity, his faith was stirred. He was praying, and he was sharing the word of God. He says, listen, guys, we're not going to, we're not going to die. They're all going crazy. And he says, I, there will not be one li- lo- uh, lost life. We are not going to. I want somebody to catch this revelation. You need to stir up your faith that even in the middle of a storm and a trial and a situation and a battle, you will be okay. You're going to make it out even if it's on broken pieces. The angel said to Paul, you are going to stand in front of Caesar. And those with you are going to make it too. Oh, I wonder who I got in the room that can say the promise of my life is yes and amen. 
And if the promise on my life is yes and amen, guess what, baby girl? The promise on your life is yes and amen. Come on. If God said he would heal me, guess what? He'll heal you. If he said he'll restore me, he'll restore you. If he said, come on, somebody, my kids won't be lost. You know why? Because God gave me a promise. Come on, before the foundation of earth, he formed me in the womb, set me apart. And guess what? If he set me apart, he set my children apart and their children apart. And no, no way will it be lost to the sea. Oh, the ship may not make it. What I had planned may not make it. The way I saw it may not make it. The, uh, the, the way I envisioned it may not make it. Come on, somebody. I thought they were going to be preachers, but they may just be businessmen who love the Lord. Come on, somebody. I thought they were going to be preachers, but they may just be TV personalities that love God. Come on. I don't care. What I know is the promise over their life is yes and amen because the promise over my life. Those in the ship with you are going to make it. Man, I need somebody. I need you. I need you. Come on, listen. I need you to help me preach. I need you to encourage. Look at somebody and say, listen, listen, you're going to make it. Come on, somebody say, you're going to make it. I need you to say it like you actually believe it. Say, you're going to make it. And those in the ship with you are going to make it too. For generations to come. I declare over you right now that the promise of God is not going to stop with you. It's going to go from generation to generation to generation to generation. Come on, somebody. Hear me. Listen. Grandchildren, great-grands, great-great-great-grands, great-great-great-great-great-grands, great-great-grands. All of them going to be saved and know that God loves them. Amen. Paul could have been killed. But even in his captivity, his faith was stirring. Even in chains, Paul had a visitation. Even in chains, Paul spoke the promises of God. Even in chains, Paul was still free. He was a prisoner physically, but his present reality didn't change his promised reality. Come on, somebody. Paul didn't let his physical chains become his mental chains. Paul didn't let his temporary circumstances become his eternal circumstances. Paul didn't dwell on his temporary circumstances. Paul didn't make a permanent residence in a prisoner mindset. Now, many of us are not in physical chains. But we've made permanent residence in our defeats, in our shortcomings, in our issues. Come on, somebody. In our prisoner mindset. And I came to encourage somebody today that you can still win wounded. You can survive on broken pieces. And your brokenness can become somebody else's breakthrough. Yes. Yes. That's good. That's good. Stir up your faith today. Stir up your faith today. Somebody say, stir up faith. Stir up faith. Stir up your faith. 
Come on, tell somebody next to you, say, what you see today is not all I'm meant to be. Y'all better come on and preach up in here with me. Come on. Say, what you see today is not for judgment for my tomorrow. On this side of it, I'm hurting. But on the other side of it, I'm happy. Come on, somebody. On this side of it, I'm sick. But on the other side, I'm healed. I may be, I may, on this side, I may be broken. But on the other side, I'm financially secure. On this side, I may be bound. But on the other side, I'm already free. I may be confused on this side, but I'm secure on this side. Stir up your faith today. Stir up your faith today. Somebody say, stir up your faith. It may, it just may be on broken pieces, but you will win. It may be on broken pieces, but you will overcome. It may be on broken pieces, but you will get through this trial. Pastor Fred, I just don't see a way out. You don't have to. The Bible never declares you'll see a way out. It declares that God will make a way where there is no way. And there may not be a way out, but God will make a way. It may be on broken pieces, but you're going to get through this. Somebody say, I'm going to get through this. It may be on broken pieces, but you will see the hand of God. It may be on broken pieces, but you will see the promises of God. I need you to stir up your faith. I need you to stir up your faith during the week when the enemy comes to you and says, this is it. Stir up your faith when the enemy comes and says, this is it. This is the end. Why don't you just give up now? Why don't you go ahead and toss in the towel? Why are you even still going to that church? Why are you still believing for healing? Why are you still believing for this? And why you, well, just go ahead and give up now. They ain't going to never change. Throw in the towel on the marriage. Throw in the towel on the house. Throw in the towel on the car. Just throw in the towel. Why? It's not going to get any different. And the enemy will tell you that while you're already experiencing change. 
But I need somebody to stir up their faith. I need you to stand up and tell the enemy, the devil is a liar. It may be on broken pieces, but I'm not giving up right now. Because the devil, listen, the battle is not over. Come on, somebody. The battle is not over. I may not be all that I'm meant to be, but it's not over. We keep losing the battle. Thinking we lost the war. And God says, stir up your faith. Maybe I'm broken pieces, but you're going to get through this one. Don't see how I can do it, man. You're going to get through this one. Come on, encourage somebody next to you. Say, you're going to get through this one. Listen, listen. Lord spoke to me. He said, Fred, people keep closing the book because they think the end of a chapter is the end of a book. And the Lord said this to me. He said, this is just a chapter. Somebody said, this is just a chapter. But the book is not finished. Somebody said, the book ain't finished. You got to say it like I said, ain't finished. I know you're real proper, but I need you to just dig deep and say, ain't finished. What you see today is not all God has for me. Come on, somebody. I, I haven't arrived, but I'm on my way. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, I'm on my way. The Bible declares that the promises of God are yes and amen. The promises of God are yes, and we say, well, God, can you heal me? Yes. God, can you change me? Yes. God, can you heal my heart? Yes. God, can you fix my broken heart? Yes. God, can you mend my marriage? Yes. God, can you change my financial situation? Yes. God, can you change and heal what broken relationship? Yes. God, can you heal my, my, my loss, uh, uh, my, my orphan spirit because my dad went around? Yes. The promises of God are yes and amen. And it may be on broken pieces, but you're going to get through this one. Somebody say, I'm going to get through this one. I'm going to get through this one. I'm going to get through this one. Come on, stand with me. Hold on. Somebody say, I'm going to get through this one. Bible says <laughs> the others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship. Oh my word, I read that. I said, man, come on, when you're drowning, desperation kicks in. I don't care what it is, I'm gonna hold on to it. 
if it's going to keep me afloat. And some of us, we holding on to the smallest piece of the little, the biggest, the smallest piece of the boat. Come on, somebody. And you're just, you're just barely hanging on. But the Lord says this, you're going to make it to the shore. No, law, no life will be lost. You're going to make it. I'm not sure about that, Pastor Fred. What if I don't want to make it? You can't beat God's word. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Even if it's on broken pieces, you're going to make it. I'm going to open these altars up right now. We're going to pray for some folks. Come on down here. Listen, don't. I'm not going. I'm not going to give you the reasons to come pray. You know, you know. If you're going through a storm right now, you're going through some something right now. Let's come on. Get on down here. Let's pray. Let's church. Let's pray. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. We're going to lay hands. We're going to pray. Because even on broken pieces, you can still make it through the storm. Even on broken pieces, you can still come out. Come on. Even on broken pieces, you can still see the hand of God, the promises of God. Even on broken pieces, I can still see God move like I never thought he would. Even on broken pieces. I'm going to come out of this. Somebody say, I'm going to come out of this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in.